Hello, everybody, and welcome back to DestroFrauds.com, movies and television podcast. As always, I'm your host, The Dead Man. Joe, today we have Birdie. I want donuts. And rejoining us after his wedding-induced sabbatical, it's Caveman. Aloha, everybody. Yeah, we're here. We got a good chunk of the Rangers crew with us, which is good because Power Rangers came out. Woo! (laughs) It was kind of mediocre. It was... Mediocre. I'm going to disagree. It was on the mediocre to good side. I'm leaning more towards good. Same here, though. Like so, it's, so, it's like some of its um, some of the stuff I liked when I was watching it in the theater with Caveman is not aging as well for me as I would have liked. But I can get into that later. Yeah. So okay. uh, let let's let's just get this out of the way. Numerical breakdown out of five. How many stars are you giving it? Well, since I'm writing an actual fact stands. review of it. Yeah, well, since I am in the middle of writing an actual facts review of it, that should be up at the time that the podcast goes up. I gave it a two and a half out of five. Birdie, what about you? Uh, currently, I'm leaning more towards a three or a three and a half, prob- probably a three. I'd say three or three and a half for me, too. Um, like... But the most important thing for me was it was the Power Rangers movie I always wanted minus a little bit of color. Also minus a little bit of Power Rangers. Eh, we got enough Power Rangers that I was happy. Well, I mean, it, here's, the, here's the thing, Caveman, you and I both agreed on this. This movie only has as much plot as Day of the Dumpster, but it's over two hours. Yeah. They re- like they could have cut between four and fifteen minutes, and it would have had no negative effect. It would have actually had a positive effect. <laughs> yeah, like literally, I was sitting with my fiance, and um, we were just—I was like, "Oh, I wonder how long this movie is," and I, I bring it up, and I'm like, two hours four minutes." I bet for some long credits. <laughs> And then Birdie makes me sit around for the worst after credit scene I've ever I, seen. I, okay, I knew what it was. I thought they were actually going to show him. I didn't think it was just going to be a, oh, we're going to set up this teaser thing. I should have expected that since I hadn't heard anything about casting that character. But I thought they might have, Hollywood might have done the smart thing and hidden something like that until the movie came out. But I was wrong. So dumb. Apparently, there are some rumors going around that Tommy Oliver will be a girl. Who cares? I genuinely don't care. I know, but that's news, apparently. Like, just give me something more than... So is Trini being gay and LeFou being gay. All all this kind of stuff is like, it's different from the norm. It's not not male, heterosexual, and white. I don't like it. I did like the diversity of the cast. That's Power Rangers. Uh, well, no, it's, no. it's diverse without the uncomfortably unintended racism. Power Rangers is not diverse at all. Every character is the stereotype of what a white person thinks those characters are in the original Power Rangers. These characters were actual people. I'm talking about all of Power great. Rangers, like not just Mighty Morphin. Have we ever had a Hispanic Ranger? Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
we've had a few. We've had multiple different kinds of rangers. We had fucking we've had Samoan yeah, rangers. Yeah, no, I'm I'm remember I'm remembering now. You like the way this the way this yeah. breaks ground in terms of diversity for Power Rangers is that one is gay and one is on the autistic spectrum. Yeah, but when you're looking at Mighty Morphin, that's actually pretty damn impressive. Yeah. All right, so I don't think we really need to discuss the plot in that much detail. It's the plot of the first episode of Mighty Morphin. The Rangers get their powers. Well, Rita Rita fucks up shit, sort of, and they. It's the same basic beats. It's just they make slight changes to the order of events and the cause, the causes of the events. And those changes, I feel, kind of fuck things up a bit. I don't like the new Zordon. Well, yeah, he's fucking. He's kind of terrible. He's an asshole. Yeah. Um. Well, that 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 Curtis kind of be levied against like half the cast. Actually, they are all redeemable assholes, except for Zordon. He kind of redeems himself when he fucking resolves two plot lines in a matter of thirty seconds that were just That's there, actually that were this, that were just fucking there to like increase drama that was completely flat yeah that and was dead. Some, that was something that I liked at the time, but now thinking back on it, uh, not gonna spoil it, but they basically establish something and then completely dash it away very quickly and i really liked it in the theater and now looking back on it i'm like why that's such a waste of time yeah that's what that's what happened with me too like i like i left the theater thinking the same thing as you guys like oh that was actually pretty good but then as i actually sat down to write the review as i started going through it i was like oh wait no that really pissed me off oh wait that really pissed me off oh wait what the fuck what is going on okay the strongest thing about this movie i think was also what boyd me and Caveman, and probably you through the initial viewing of this, is that for a Power Rangers movie, this has got a pretty good cast that is actually committed to these roles. Oh yeah, like like those fucking five, those fucking five relative unknowns they got, they got the guys the Rangers. That turned out to be like my fucking favorite part of the movie. Just yeah, like they were those great. five together worked I would really love well to off see each other. Them yeah, as now, a Power to be Ranger fair, team. Um, Seeing them as a Power Ranger team would be great. Yeah. Now, to be fair, uh, I had a little trouble with Jason because the movie starts off on absolutely the wrong foot. But yeah, uh, well, the second start starts out on the wrong foot. The first start also started on the wrong foot with that fucking Power Slash Ranger shit. And I, I mean, I get what they were going for there. It's not quite as bad as the Power Slash Rangers thing, but I can see why it annoys people. I also... And I, also... Rita... Also, we're all of... We're all of... Um, Zordon's team of the same race. Is that what this, what this is implying? No. I think that's the implication. I don't think it is because Rita's not the same race as Zordon. Well, no. Actually, if you remember what she looked like when she was mummified, she looked like what the Yellow Ranger looked like when she died. Yeah. I don't know why she grew hair, but it might be from in- ingesting people and stealing their essence or whatever it is. Uh, like, that she was stole never, that gold. That was never explained or even attempted to explain, so... No, and, like, Rita's whole thing, like, they... There were kind of two things that, in my head, I think that they could have introduced that would have helped me with, like, certain problems with the movie. And one of them involves Rita, 
And if like just had Finster in there, I feel like I would have liked Rita a bit more because so much. Yeah, of, like, like, Rita's that backstory. That was one thing that actively bothered me was okay. So Rita does everything by herself and gets no help whatsoever. Yeah, like like Rita is a so Rita is the Green Ranger. That was the thing. Like like going in like going into it, everyone was like, "Oh, fucking Rita!" They were all the theories and stuff. Rita was the old Green Ranger from Zordon's team. Spoilers. It's the it's literally the first thirty seconds of the movie. I know, but I like to dick with people. <laughs> and so she murders all of Zordon's team, including Zordon himself, and then has this fucking giant gold staff. Well, no, Zordon commits suicide trying to kill her. Okay, fair enough. But still kills the rest of his team. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so she has this magic staff that lets her fucking make putties and make the fucking Goldar. And then she gets fucking blasted into the ocean where she becomes a weird mummy and then starts eating people and their gold to bring herself back to life. Yeah. It's never explained how she- that happens. It's never explained, like, if, like, how she got those powers, if they were innate with her before, if it was, like, something that, something the Green Ranger could access, it was never established. How she went from Green Ranger to fucking Rita Repulsa. It's never... Ex- Impressive evil. Yeah, yeah, like, what I'm, what I'm guessing is what gonna, they're gonna go with is, since they do the, um, a slightly less cringeworthy version of that, of that Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor line from... Batman versus Superman, where they're talking about now that I know that the Zeo Crystal is here, others will come. What I assume must have happened is that she might have come across Lord Zed at some point in their intergalactic travels, and that's where she either got corrupted or made a deal with the proverbial devil. That's what I would say would be the smart way to do that. I don't know if that's what they're going to go with because a lot the, the biggest problem with this is the writing. Because while they put a lot of effort into writing five characters that we liked enough to get us through this movie, all the writing on, like, the Power Rangers stuff is really weak. I wouldn't even say, like, the writing is what got me through with those guys. Like, it was all their chemistry together. Like, fucking, the writing was, the writing with some of those fucking kids was rough. Yeah, but, like, in terms of where the the screenwriters had their heart. It seemed like their heart was in the character stuff, not any of the stuff with the with the Power Rangers mythos or any of that, and that kind of bugged me. And which screenwriters are you talking about? Because there were six. Yeah, that that's another thing you and I had been commenting on every time we talk about the production of this. They're like, yeah, having five different screenwriters is usually not a good idea. They they needed one for each ranger. And it doesn't help that one of them was Mr. Irritating fan, Fanboy Manchild himself, uh, Max Landis. Max Landis is an alright writer. He's just kind of a dumbass. Yeah, but Superman yeah, American but Alien he- was really good. But, like, it, it, yeah, he's a decent comic writer, but a lot of his screenwriting stuff is at best okay. Yeah, that's fair. But, yeah, I just... the Given the way that the movie is set up, set up and plays out, it does just feel like... 
okay, we need to do these beats for a Power Rangers movie, but we're going to try a little harder on, like, character piece stuff, but not hard enough. I would have liked to see more of the Yellow Rangers family. I would like yeah. to see more of the Yellow Ranger, she, period. She, she... Oh, yeah. So like, she, just, she, like, qu- she, she and... quite obviously was from a dysfunctional environment, and I would have liked to see more of that dysfunctional environment other than pee in that cup! Yeah, like, uh... Well, I mean, the, if, you, if you talk about rangers that had a backstory that needed to be explored more, I think the black rangers only got gypped the most, but... No, uh, both of them got fucked. Like, fu- like yeah. the whole movie focuses mainly on the blue ranger, the red ranger, the pink ranger, because those are the three main ones in detention at the school. Fucking yeah, Becky G was- as Trini doesn't really show up at the school until she says she goes there, and Zach isn't there ever. And since this movie is, yeah. since this movie is like cribbing some of its it- stuff from the Breakfast Club, it is just there is fucking nothing for those two to do outside of being Rangers. You know what really would have helped me overall in this movie? They're not in juice. They're not in uh, detention. They're doing community service at the juice bar. <laughs> Don't laugh. I'm serious. What would have helped me more is that they had their fucking morphers. Oh yeah, that was one thing that really pissed me off. Like well, the, that's every every change they made to the Power Rangers mythology. I think really didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> at least the Zords looked okay. And I say okay, because there was far too much gray and far too little of the Rangers' color on that on those Zords. Design wise, they the were horseshit. Zord... I didn't think they were horseshit. I thought they were okay. The design aesthetic for this whole movie was pretty shitty. Yeah, well, I'm gonna all, disagree with you on that. I liked it for the most part. Well, here's the thing. I get what he's saying because if you're grading on the scale of giant robots in a uh, PG-13 um, kids uh, children's adaptation of a children's TV show made to sell toys. Yeah, it's not. It's better than uh, Transformers by a country mile. It's even slightly better than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles which has an easier time making them more distinct. Because there aren't any giant robots. (laughs) Well, except the uh, Krang's body. Oh uh, yeah. Uh that's a large robot, not a giant robot. It can get giant though. We're, we're like, off topic. Well, well uh, yeah, but I, my point was, you can tell what the Zords look like in the movie, which is an improvement over Transformers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The problem is still the same thing <laughs> I had whenever we saw pictures of both the Zords and the suits, is that they're over designed to the point that they're kind of indistinct. Yeah. Yeah. One thing with the one thing that would have helped would absolutely have helped is if overall those fancy funky metal parts they had been given a skin of colored metal that looked like the Rangers' colors. Yeah, I mean, fuck the Rangers are basically that actually. Like like the Ranger suits, they have like this weird mesh, like this weird like nylon something underneath it, and then like some carbon fiber shit on top of it. So you could you you could easily take like that design aesthetic, like just some underlying structure and then some fancy shit on top of it, and then put that on a robot. Yeah, 
it would have made a lot more sense because why would a robot have all of its inner workings fucking exposed? That is moronic. Seriously, Transformers, stop doing it. It's dumb. It doesn't make any sense that you would have literally every key piece you need for movement completely exposed so that the tiniest piece of debris can fall in and wreck your entire fucking system. It's dumb. D-U-M. You don't deserve the B because you get an F. Sorry, I... Sorry. Um, <laughs> I got into a rant. Yeah, and so I think, like, if, if they had introduced the morphers a bit earlier, like... So, so the first 90 minutes of this what movie morphers? have... So the first, like, 90 minutes of this movie have basically no action in it. And that's because the nope. big, like, thrust of... I, th- I think that's actually overestimating how much action there is. I don't think there's that much action until you get to, like the 20 minute like the last 20 minutes of this over two hour movie so i don't think there's a half hour of action except for i guess that one scene where rita curb stomps the rangers and i did i, I, I did funny. time it i actually did time it like like i, okay. I, I went in there movie started at movie started at nine thirty, and then at just after 11 they morphed for the first time and okay. then that and then that's when power rangers happened But you you know what really actually kind of like this is another thing that bothered me, but like I accepted it as part of this new version of the franchise. Why didn't they do their callouts? Well, because there were no morphers, they couldn't do the callouts. Yeah, they couldn't do the callouts because there were no morphers. If there were morphers, then we could have had the callouts. We could have had more action in the beginning, and you could have made the fucking plot be they can't form the Megazord instead of just they can't morph. Which also, yeah. tell me if I'm wrong about this, Dead Man. It seems like the Megazord happened by accident. It did. N- no, it completely happened by accident. They were fucked otherwise. It is. We're fucked. Oh no, the Zeo Crystal. He- thanks, bro. That is that what it was? Because I thought it might have been the Zeo Crystal, but I, I thought wasn't it was the Krispy Kreme. Sure. <laughs> yeah, they got some really shitty donuts. Ooh, I saw donuts. They got some really shitty donuts, and then Fuck fucking you. the Krispy Zord Kreme's happened. awesome. Fuck you, Krispy Kreme's awesome. Bitch, I'm Canadian. If it ain't Tim Hortons, fuck you. I guess that's why Americans made that movie, We Must Kill Tim Horton. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think everyone's commented on how obnoxious the product placement in the last third of this movie is, and I don't hate it as much as some critics do. I despise but it. But I can see... I think it's just the right levels of stupid for a Power Rangers movie. It was overplayed, even as stupid as it was. Like, like at least Man of Steel had the decency to not have the product placement be the plot of the movie. And, like, the, the way the, the, the script kept bending over backwards to feature the words Krispy Kreme. Oh, I actually got... I, that actually made me a bit sick. <laughs> like... It's under a Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme sounds like a magical establishment, and or the scene with uh, Rita uh, commercial shooting herself eating a donut. Yeah, just she fucking just walks in all fucking casual, just pops down one of the tables, grabs a donut, just starts mowing down on that thing. Just back to like Krispy Kreme. Now, now I just want to say one thing. I am the guy who will jump down something's throat if I don't think they did it right. I think that scene was hilarious for one reason. 
Rita would have no concept of donuts. Rita would have no concept of how important something is. And they didn't make Krispy Kreme the plot of the movie. They made it the thing on top of the plot of the movie. That's one important point. So when Rita's all like, it must be the source of all life in the universe. It must be the most important place. And we're all just sitting there like, oh my god. It's, it's a donut shop. It's not even the best donut shop in the world. It's just a donut shop. It really it made me laugh on the inside. Because I, I Rita chuckled. wouldn't understand any of like our concept of normalcy. And she's sitting there like looking at a fucking Krispy Kreme. Like, there are millions saying, oh, this must be the most important place in the world. When I'm sitting there like, it should have been the juice bar. Yeah, it fucking should have been. Yeah, but also... Um, but the juice bar wouldn't pay them. Is, yeah, but it's even, even if it's occasionally funny, I, I, I kind of have a disconnect with the movie when the Power Rangers are planning all their attacks around, guys, we need to make sure we circle and protect the Krispy Kreme. <laughs> I would make a joke about one of their specials, but I don't know what they serve other than donuts. It's just donuts. And kind of okay milk. Milk? Motherfucking milk, dude? Yeah. Jesus Christ. They focus on what's important, which is their delicious fucking donuts. Best donuts in the world. Fuck you all. Bitch. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, at least the at the very least the best glazed donuts in the world. Motherfucker, come to Canada, fight me. <laughs> I don't want to kill you. He's right, dead man. <laughs> I have a car. It'll be fine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Caveman survived being hit by a car. So I've, I've survived being hit by three cars. Then I'll just have to hit you four times. <laughs> but yeah, um, the the Megazord design was as terrible as I thought it was from the toy. I don't get Goldar's design. And putting Rita inside Goldar didn't seem to make much of a difference. It didn't at all. It didn't make any difference whatsoever. I think she just wanted to be like the Rangers. Like, like say what you like, want about you know what, the I, you know what I, caveman. Say what you want about the god-awful Power Rangers climax where Ivan Ooze CG injects himself into one of his robots and it becomes an awful CG effect. At least there was a visible difference. Yeah, yeah but you know you know what I really, really, really like? What would have been so much cooler is if they had started, like, yes, give them the morphers and let them morph from, like, minute one and just have them dealing with putty attacks, actual putty attacks, not fucking training to learn how to actually fight while Rita's off in another portion of the city gathering gold to build her Goldar, whatever. I don't give a damn about that. And have it be that no one knows the Zords can merge. Well, like, that's the original that's... team never never did it. Like, And then, like, have it be explained. Have Zordon pop up on their comms like... Rangers. It was unknown that the Zords could fuse into one. You have achieved a new level of unity on the morphing grid. I'm the worst sword on ever. Caveman, I have a question for you. When did when did Jason summon the sword? Uh, in the first time they morphed. Yeah. Okay, I didn't remember that because that scene where he excal he excalibers the 
Red Ranger's sword. I was like, wait, where did that come from? Yeah, they jumped. Yeah, they jumped out of the water. They started fighting a dude. Jason vaulted a guy, and then as he was vaulting it slow mode, and the sword just appeared. There was there was probably a cut scene where it's like, oh, this was my sword, and you can't have it. Uh, when they because I'm a Zordon asshole. When Zordon was showing uh, them the like history of the Rangers in the morphing grid sphere thing in the center of the command center, uh, we did see the Red Ranger with a sword. I remember that. Still woo. Yeah, like, fucking goddamn. Like, even like introducing the morphers and having them like fucking dealing dealing with putty attacks throughout the movie. It also fucking fixes the end of the movie because by the end of the movie, fucking a giant robot who appeared out of nowhere, made of top, made of smaller giant robots, fought a giant gold dude, destroyed half the town, and then when the fucking gold dude disappeared, everybody else is like. Fucking, oh my god, the fucking, that giant robot we've never seen before, highlighted by people we've never seen before, saved us. Yay, you. Which shouldn't be what happens, because we actually see a more realistic reaction to just fucking random costume jackasses showing up doing shit. Mm Mm-hmm. With fucking Jason's dad. Just fucking Red Ranger shows up, give me your hand. He's like, oh god, no, don't hurt me. Yeah, that was actually, I really liked that. (laughs) Particularly given the fact that this version of the red of the suits looks is designed to look a little bit more alien so again i wish that we had gotten a little bit more of the dinosaur in the suits yeah totally uh, yeah but that's the thing like there's so it looked like the girls had the same helmets and the boys had the same helmets yep yeah like i can kind of see the t-rex in the red ranger but not much and i can see a little bit of the t- of the pterodactyl <laughs> in the pink ranger but not much of again it felt well, like the they yellow were saying, ranger is the pterodactyl too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't really disagree with that. And again, that just goes back to, we want to try so hard to justify this and make it look cool that all, most of the iconography we associate with that original mighty morphing team is gone. So it's just kind of indistinct. And it's really weird. Cause like half this, cause like a portion of this movie is like fucking power Rangers cheesiness. Yeah. So they are trying to have it both ways. They're trying to be like, hey, we're, we're trying to be faithful to the original thing, but also make this fucking grounded and real. Yeah. Like, yo, you want to watch them do this weird dumb donut shit? Fuck it. Why not? But then also Kimberly sent a nude. Was it a nude? I mean, it they was never implied, but I just, I mean, we I just, ne- it never directly presumably, got said what it was. It was something horrible that presumably involved one or more naked parts. Yeah, I just, um, I w- I'll say I was pleasantly surprised, but then again, I wasn't expecting a hell of a lot, but it's, I hope that they've, they've gotten past the drama shit so that they can make a tighter, leaner, more fun movie with the sequel, because, I mean, the, this was not all that expensive to make, and it made a fair bit its opening weekend, so there's gonna be more, particularly since Lionsgate no longer has Hunger Games, so they need a franchise. Yeah. But... It just, I need it to try a little harder next time. Yeah, definitely. Like, I don't know. You I don't know. know say like, have like, what? if they gave them the fucking morphers next time. 
Maybe that maybe that uh, be like a sequel thing. Like fucking Billy says, "Hey, instead of having to go to the command center all the time, I made this shit. So fuck it." That would make sense. Yeah, I mean, that, it would. That's fit. what Billy does. It would be great. That's Billy's role. Fucking zero on until he fucking goes to Aquatar. Ex- except for you know discovering Krispy Kreme. I mean, that was an important role. Well, he had a fucking map with like with like you know yarn tied to it with fucking with fucking safety pins. That means he did math. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's a pro- That's another problem I have. Hey Zordon, why don't you have it in your ship's computer somewhere that you know? Because where the Zeo crystal is geographic geographically. Did you almost say geographically? Yeah, I almost said geographically. Where's the geo crystal geographically? I mean, fucking Christ! It just. No, okay, here's the reason they didn't have it in there. They didn't have it in there because fuck you. If he had said, I, I used to know where the Zeo crystals are, but my memory systems have been damaged in, over time, so it is no longer within my uh, systems. I can provide you with a general outline. It's in Angel Grove. Done. One of the writers wrote that. Then the other writer came along and said, nah, fuck that. I mean, they've got like half an hour of extraneous footage. Yes, I'm expanding it because seriously, we did not need the pointless training scenes or the joke about jerking off a bull. That was the fuck. That, oh, God. Oh, and that's how we're introduced to our Red Ranger. Mm hmm. Jesus Christ. But no, we didn't need that fucking training sequence. That And the training sequence was fucking pointless because they never used any of those moves against actual putties. They used them against Goldar. Yeah. And they used them in the fucking Megazord, which they had no training in. So it was them trying to fucking use oh. fucking joysticks. That's another problem I had. They Voltroned the Megazord. And... The Rangers, at least season one, are in one cockpit. Yeah. One. That is actually important because it's it's meant to show the team unified of mindset working as a unit, working as one entity, putting them in the individual limbs and having them say, hey, Kimberly, throw a hook. Yeah, but also ah. the, with the with the core uh, command center in the Megazord thing, you avoid the joke from the Kevin Smith Clerks TV series where they uh, someone uh, Transformers morph with someone inside and gets torn apart by the moving of parts. You can't really, I can't really justify that here because it's again, I think part of the reason they did the Megazord thing in, like, a fiery pit so that you don't really see what happens, is that they couldn't figure out a way to make these designs form into the Megazord. I thought they were going to start forming into the Megazord when Kimberly landed on Jason's back. I was like, oh, this is going to be a great way for the Megazord to be discovered. They just accidentally accidentally do it. And then it's like, nope, we get pushed into a fiery pit. I mean, symbolically... 
Symbolically, it works because at one point in the series, the Zords are thrown underground and they regain their power from being exposed to the lava and the energy and they come out stronger and even more powerful. So symbolically, it works with that original uh, concept within the show. However, it's the first Megazord appearance. Come on. Even if you had cut to a reaction shock from Rita, I would have been happier than, we threw them in the fire and it made them stronger. <laughs> no, it wasn't just the fire, it was also the Zeo crystal. Dude, we threw them in the fire and it made them stronger. The T Rex got a point of the Zeo crystal up its butthole, and all of a sudden it could shoot lightning out of its dick. Yeah. They're stronger than before. Go, Zeo. Also, I'm right. actually kind of, I'm both. I'm hoping, I'm both hopeful and scared of when they introduce the Dragon Sword, because as a fan of Godzilla movies, I always loved the Dragon Sword design from the original Mighty Morphin, because it's so clearly Godzilla, or yeah. like a Godzilla. I don't think they can really do that with these Zords, so it's probably going to be some, like, miniature CG Serpentera-like thing, and I'm not really <laughs> for, looking forward to that. What they need to do is they need to get that, is whoever did the fucking, like, uh animation on the 2014 Godzilla just bring him back just bring them back in and then have them do all the animation for the Dragon Zord though there is actually one thing that the movie made me think about that actually made me smile the Zords take on the form of whatever is the dominant species on the planet right at the time it was dinosaurs but when it achieved its true form it turns into a human I thought that was fun Ah, you know, yeah. with, with with their internal continuity and such. I, I'm just looking forward to seeing if Trini... Look, it's like they're obviously setting up Kimberly and Jason fucking in this version. I'm just looking for. I'm just kind of wondering if Trini is going to, like, gay scare Kimberly. <laughs> I thought that's what they were going for. Like, like... Like, of, like, the other rangers, like, not, the, like, the main three, those two spend a good amount of time together, and so I'm just fucking waiting for the moment for Trini to make a move. Or not even necessarily make a move, just, like, make little suggestions that make Kimberly uncomfortable. <laughs> I'd fuck it. Yeah, that shit with the weird, like, Kung Fu Panda dumpling sequence or whatever. <laughs> Just, like, have right then, just, like, spaghetti. as she's doing have that. Just... go to a spaghetti restaurant and Lady of the Tramp it. Lady in the trampet. <laughs> no, just like they're doing that, and then just like, like in the middle of them fucking flipping that shit around, just like Trini just like gently brushes Kimberly's hand. And it all falls apart. And suddenly, I like that Zach, the one who was most heavy handedly flirting, was the one who was like, Oh, you have a you want a girlfriend? Okay, I'll back off. Yeah, because like, I figured he, I figured he'd be like annoying Barney Stinson, Barney Stinsoning it up the entire time, and the moment it was like, oh, you're a lesbian, okay, I'll back off. I was, just, I liked that. Like the kids were great. Yeah, <laughs> it was just the rest of it. Yeah, the writing and the directing kind of failed them. Like I don't know much about this director, Dean Israelite. Uh, he did Project it? Almanac, I think. That, that? Okay, fuck that. That's a uh, found footage time travel movie. Ah, and that's the only. Uh, based on his IMDb page, that's the only thing he's made that I've ever heard of. So, 
Oh, wait, no, he worked as an assistant director on Battle Los Angeles. <laughs> oh. oh, Speedy. So, yeah. Okay, and I do kind of want to... For those who don't know, I am also on the spectrum. And so I kind of got to give a call out to uh, RJ Kyler, RJ Siler. I'm sorry if I'm... RJ Siler. Yeah, RJ Siler. I think he actually did a pretty good job portraying somebody on the spectrum. Yeah, no, I've See, actually, I was actually w- wait, part of the movie. I didn't want to comment on that until I had gotten the perspective of someone who was on the spectrum. So yeah, like that whole like Cramston, like that whole like Billy Cramston, like Cramston thing. I kind of did that when I was a kid. Like, like what I would do is I would uh, just like run to random people in like the mall and just like introduce myself, give like my full name, introduce my mom, give them her age, just like constantly yeah, overshare think... things. Uh, like having the difficulty with like you know social cues, sarcasm, stuff like that. I, I got that, and it never and like it did show him. It did show like that was like a part of who he was, but it wasn't just like a whole thing of like oh he's the fucking mentally handicapped one. No, he's not. Um, he. Uh, t- to quote uh, Tropic Thunder, he didn't go full retard. Exactly. It wasn't, so even, it wasn't actually, even like I, Rain I, Man level either. It was a... I have an important question for how accurate this movie was. Not looking them up, how old do you think our actors were? Eh, like early to mid-20s. Yeah, I was going to say late 20s, early 30s, because, you know, Hollywood... I would say mid-twenties, which means they're horribly inaccurate because everyone knows the teenagers are supposed to be 30. Yes. <laughs> but I actually did this look. I know Becky G is 20. I'd looked, I'd looked some of this stuff up before because I yeah. am that kind of person. Naomi Scott is three years younger than me, so she's 23. So they're all, I think they're probably all mid-twenties. Oh no, uh, Ludi Lin is 29 Ah, so we do have a 30 year old Yep, and he's also Canadian Damn you, Canada If he is a Chinese-Canadian actor, according to Wikipedia Yeah, Zach was actually one of my favorite characters in this Zach and Billy, Zach and Billy were my favorite characters because they were both, they were the ones who both embraced it the most, but also called out the crazy stupidity of it the most. Oh, actually, Dead Man, I we haven't talked about this yet, and I was actually I really meant to because I thought I was gonna hate it. I kind of liked Bill Hader as Alpha Five. Oh no! Like like design yeah, aside, Alpha was pretty good. Like design aside, I, Alpha Five was the one I was the least worried about because I really like Bill Hader. Like yeah, Though, he you has, know something. Well, that... I mean, I I like Bill Hader, but there are times when he's been told to play some really cringy, annoying roles. And considering we're dealing with Alpha Five, yeah, he managed. I was to... afraid he was. He managed to go, like like afraid he was going to play it like the Minions or something. No, you he... know something that really actively bothered me about Alpha Five. What that? Alpha beat up the Rangers in their first scene. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Alpha kicked the Rangers' asses. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I kind of did. And then he's like, "We'll, we'll, we'll, we'll kill you." And I, I, I was just looking at Alpha like, "You're looking at them like you can't possibly kill me." Oh my God, Alpha Five is more powerful than the Rangers. Well, at that point, yeah, he was. Oh, Honestly, I'm also, not sure it changed. Um, 
Dead Man, I don't know if you agree with this. Still my favorite moment in the whole series. Did you slap me? Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, that was such a great <laughs> scene. <laughs> uh. I, I couldn't help but say, what the five fingers say to the face? <laughs> <laughs> and then that they brought it back with how they beat Rita by backhanding her into space. So, you know, keep that pimp hand strong. Yeah. <laughs> it was so dumb. It to was the moon, awesome. Rita, one of these days. So yeah, uh, for the next movie, bring in the Morphers. um, Make Zordon not an asshole. um, Actually give us some more morphed fights. Give us a monster to fight, for fuck's sake. Um, Well, a monster with a little bit... Because that's the thing I always hated from when I saw the design for Goldar. It's like, oh, he's just... He's just an obstacle. He has no character of his own. Because, I mean, yeah, Goldar was annoying in the original series. Bring Goldar back as a character. Make Goldar great again. I was kind of like the Rangers. (laughs) Rangers. Like, a lot of people look at Goldar and say, oh, he was just a psychic. No, he wasn't. He was a formidable warrior. He was a general, motherfuckers. He was intimidating enough that Jason was afraid to fight him unmorphed. Yeah. Now, Tommy, he don't give a fuck. Tommy never gave a fuck. Don't he has give a damn. Armor. Don't give a fuck. Tommy's also the only one ever to beat, uh, uh, the only one, the first one to beat Putty's unmorphed. Yeah, well, he's also the first one to beat Goldar with no powers. I'd say Jason beat him. He, did, he may not have won the fight, but he beat him. No, but, like... But, like, Tommy, at that point, Jason was still attached to Morphing Grid. At that point, Tommy had lost the Green Ranger powers when he fought Goldar. Uh, we were talking, we actually brought up, um, like, how Tommy's gonna get his green power coin and all that other stuff. And honestly, it, it, to me, it's just as simple as... The uh, the coin was corrupted by its time with Rita, and like it's now evil, so it's gonna corrupt whoever it comes in contact with. I would say it wasn't so much that the coin was corrupted; it's that like Rita is still alive by the end of the movie, so she's still alive and has a connection to the coin, so you could just start influencing him. Yeah, no, she's she's just a she's just a moonsicle. Yeah, like the reason that like Zordon couldn't do that to Jason was because he's dead, so he doesn't have a connection to the coin anymore. Rita, though, very much Seriously, not dead. do we ever... We don't ever get an explanation for why Jason decided to ruin his life. Like, I thought it was the knee injury, but he could have easily gotten that in the car accident. Yeah. I think there was... Um, the best explanation I've heard is that... For, just from what we've seen of him, ta- Jason seems like a much smarter more uh, open-minded person than the society he was in was allowing him to do. Like, the, basically, everyone thought, oh, you ruined your chances at football. You are nothing. And I think, like, the fact that before that he was being... All of all of the town was just upset at, was upset at him because the one thing they thought made him great was gone, so they hated him. So I think... I don't know if he just thought that I can do other stuff besides football and just decide to say, fuck it. Yeah, Which like I stealing can... bulls. Yeah. 
Like, honestly, that, to me, that feels Christ, like... that scene was so bad. It was terrible. Yeah. But it also is... Moo? But, like, based on fucking... Based on what I have seen in movies about what movies think, like, high school athletes are, that actually makes sense. Yeah, particularly the whole CW-ish tendencies of how the writing works. Yeah, like, this movie. yeah like... They, oh, yeah, they, this movie was very CW. When they have a fucking pep rally, there's going to be a fucking, like, bull on a string that they're going to beat and set on fire. I will say, I was surprised that the sun came out. Like, given the whole grimdark tendency, I was like, oh, the sun can come out in this, and there can be, like, color occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, that is another thing that I really liked. This movie had color. Well, it's Power Rangers. It kind of like, needs to have color. No, it doesn't. You, you say no, that, it doesn't. Power fucking Zack Snyder's Man of Steel, motherfucker. <laughs> and, uh, how do blue and red turn loved, gray? No, no, like, how, everyone loved Power Slash Rangers. No, but, like, so here's the thing. So, so in Man of Steel, if it, if they, they, made, they basically made that movie black and white. But Superman existed when it was black and white. Like, he still has the fucking, like, iconic, like, look to him. All the regions in this, they look the exact same. So if it was black and white, they would be they would be indistinguishable from one another. Do you remember the um, black and white episode of Power? Yeah, we're off topic. <laughs> we're off topic. I'm saying these designs. Like, old designs, they were at least unique enough that you could tell them apart. Yeah, by the helmet. Yeah, these designs, all the same fucking helmet. It's like, oh, that's a guy. And, oh, that's a girl. That's about all you can get. Speaking of, though, there was a joke at the end that I feel like was an intentional callback to the fact that the Yellow Ranger was a guy in the original Sentai. Which was? Yeah, it was a Trini. She was uh, fixing her room after uh, read after like they won the day and stuff. And oh then, yeah, that oh one. yeah. It's like how about yeah yeah. They were like, oh yeah, the Yellow Ranger. I bet he's a guy. It was like, oh man, he's so no, cool. It's like, oh, who awesome. says he's? It's like, oh, who says he's a guy? It's like cool. And. Yeah, I was like, all right, yeah, okay, yeah. Moments, no, these little flashes some... of like, oh, hey, Power Rangers, what are you doing here? No, there was there were some moments where it felt like they were self-aware enough to poke fun at the original and still have fun without just mocking it like Power Slash Rangers did. But it was yeah. just, it's just the writing as a whole kind of failed it, and the direction, kind of like the soundtrack, was like it was competent but indistinct. Yeah. Like, um, as a, as an example, uh, Caveman and I were okay. I like we liked it at the time, but I was just kind of okay with their rendition of Go Go Power Rangers because it was like only thirty seconds long, and I listened Amen to, to the extended version of it, and it's basically just three and a half minutes of that thirty second clip over and over again. So that doesn't boo, really do. and it doesn't. I, I, I keep finding little things I liked about the original 95 movie now, like how apparently, I don't know if this was in the movie proper, but the soundtrack features a four and a half minute rock opera version of the Go-Go Power Rangers theme, <laughs> which is ridiculous, but it's awesome. I think that was in the original, but... Was it Ron Wasserman doing that? I don't remember who, uh, I could, it just said on the orchestra track, I'd have to check who direct, who sang it or wrote it, but... It, I mean, it's the exact same lyrics and beats as the version Ron Wasserman did. It's just they do it like a rock opera. <laughs> Let's see. It just says Power Rangers Orchestra. Yeah. So I guess that might be Ron Wasserman. 
Okay, let's. We need to wrap up talking about Power Rangers, otherwise we're not going to get on anything else yeah. today. Yeah, we kind of do. So, finishing thoughts. Finishing thoughts. Uh, this movie, like this cast, will probably do better with a sequel now that they've set up some of the groundwork. Birdie. Good enough, but uh. Definitely a lot of room to grow, particularly in the writing. And I don't want them. I don't want this movie over again. Like, if I hope Saban, the writers, the directors are smart enough to say, "Okay, we've done the setup shit. Let's not wait an hour and forty minutes before we do any action this time." Everything I wanted in a Power Rangers movie. Now I want more. So you better give me something better in the sequel. Well, hey, this movie makes enough money, we're going to be getting fucking five sequels to this shit. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> okay, I looked it up. Uh, apparently, the Power Rangers Orchestra is some kind of super group. How so? Uh, so, yeah, the song... Yeah, just read on the Wikipedia page for Go Go Power Rangers. The song is performed by the Power Rangers Orchestra, a collaboration that featured the credits of Mr. Big frontman Eric Martin, guitarist Tim Pierce, former Pablo Cruz bass player John Pierce. There's a singer, singer pianist Kim Bullard, and former Guns N' Roses drummer Matt Sorum. Oh my god, no wonder that was awesome. Seriously, fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, and apparently one of the singers from the Jam Project recorded a cover of Coco Power Rangers. Ah, uh, to be nostalgic. Also, I guess, uh, last thing, the, the uh, fan service moment with the Pink and Green Rangers was not as obtrusive as I was expecting. Yeah. No, it was a quick flash and then it was done. Yeah, hey, we're here. Take a couple selfies with the Megazord. They did not take selfies. Well, for they all we know, they, for all we know, they did. They like as they were looking at the Megazord, they just like, like took a picture of themselves. Like, yo, dude, I'm seeing this fucking giant robot. Yo, dude, giant robots are real. Anyway, so you guys also saw Beauty and the Beast. Well, I think Caveman did at least. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. Um, I liked it better than the original. Go wow. ahead. He paid on me. I liked it better than the original. I haven't seen it, but I've seen clips of the singing in it, specifically Emma Watson and Al. Like, again, I can't really judge the movie since I haven't seen it. I've heard remarkably mixed things. Like, even people who liked it said, why does this exist? But oh, I agree with the "why does this exist" sentiment, but I still liked it better than the original. If you are going to come at me, bro, then come at me. Again, I can't really come at you because I haven't seen the movie. I've only seen clips of Emma Watson singing songs that I remember distinctly from my childhood N and going, "Ow, ow, auto tune, ow." I'm goading our audience into attacking <laughs> me. Because yeah, that will get us more views. Be sure to leave all your hate in the comments well, down below. 
No, I think um, like this thing, this movie did a lot of things better. Um, I didn't hear any auto tune. Of course, I'm not a music person, so I probably just didn't hear it because I wasn't listening for it. I think Emma Watson did just fine. Um, I think all the people who are bitching about her dress really need to get their panties out of their assholes. Um, <laughs> and yes, I'm referring to the men with that too, because obviously they've got their panties in a bunch if they're complaining about a fucking dress. Wait, people are really complaining about the dress? Oh yeah! Yeah! Massive movement! Everybody's complaining because they changed the fucking dress. How so? It's not a massive ballroom gown. It's more toned down. You know, something that could actually be worn nowadays. Those motherfuckers. I know. The crime. Okay, so, uh, okay. The thing I, I always thought was weird from the commercials was, if you're going to do a CG beast, why do you try to ground it in reality? I thought the like, beast was great. Like, because, like, you've done, li- they've done live action versions of the beast with makeup before. And apparently, when they were doing the CG layover, uh, fuck, what is his name? I love this actor. Dan Stevens. Uh, Dan Stevens. He was standing on stilts when they were doing the dance sequences. So apparently, they could just get him on set and do all this stuff. They just did the CG face thing instead of like a full makeup. I don't know if that was cheaper or they just preferred First off, to it would, do that. It would be it would be cheaper time wise because that level of makeup is eight to ten hours in a makeup chair. Yeah. because um, that's a lot of fucking makeup. Second off, I thought it looked good. Like the beast actually looked good to me. It wasn't a oh bad CG beast. It was a oh hey it's the beast beast. Like yeah, I genuinely I mean, not, thought the beast looked good. I'm not. I'm not on. I'm, I'm not dead man. I'm not on principle opposed to CG because, like, I thought it was. I'm okay only opposed to CG when it. I'm only opposed to CG when it's in animation with traditional animation. Amen, brother. CG in like movies and stuff. That's fine. Like live action and but, CG. Like yeah, it. But you like Voltron, Legendary Defenders. Yes, I do, and one of the things that I complain about is that the fact that the fucking Voltron looks really bad to place and bad. Uh, considering the anime you and I watch, I don't think it looks that bad, but... Uh. <laughs> okay, moving on to the stuff we're actually watching. Fair enough. I think I think the CG on the Beast looked very good. Um, <clears throat> I liked a lot... I liked the way a lot of the minor characters were portrayed, because we got more depth... To all of them. This movie actually fixed one of my biggest problems with the original Beauty and the Beast, which is we get a time scale. We get some vague idea of when this is supposed to take place compared to the real world, and why the fuck nobody remembers they have a prince. Okay. It's like, that was a big issue for me in the original Beauty and the Beast, and this Beauty and the Beast fixed it. Um, I, okay. di- I didn't think Quick. any of the dresses were overtly, like, wrong compared to the original. I thought a lot of the tone was great. They added some scenes that I thought was thought were actually really good to add because it added a lot of character to our characters. Overall, I thought it was good. Okay. Um, quick question. Why does the Beast have a magic book that can just let him go anywhere? Because it's punishment. 
Okay, okay. Benji, uh, Birdie, I want you to picture yourself. Horrific, ugly beast that no one will ever even tolerate. Something that everybody will look at, yell monster, and grab their pitchforks and torches. He looks sexy as hell. No, you know, I, I get that element. I'm just saying, if does the beast need to use it to use it, or can Bell use it without him? Um, it's only shown once, so we yeah, don't know. Yeah, that's before. like it's so like the scene where Bell is worried about her father and needs to hurry back to the village. Why does she take the horse and not use the magic teleporter book? Don't know. And see, that's kind of my problem with some of the stuff you're bringing up. That like when you bring it, and other critics have talked about this. When you bring logic into a fairy tale, sometimes you run the risk of creating problems with stuff that was not a problem before. I mean, there is a psychological excuse for why she didn't take the book. She wasn't thinking. She was terrified for her father, so she just did the first thing that came to mind, which was grab the horse and ride home. I don't know. Belle always struck me as being even scared or not. Belle always struck me as being a much more intelligent person. So I that I can't really buy that. But again, I have not seen the movie. I don't know how it plays. And uh, no matter how intelligent you she is, you weren't in her head, so you don't know what she was yeah, thinking. No, I'd have to watch the movie to see. And I've no even disliked, if you watch it, like you don't know what was going on in her mind, so you can't truly judge why she does some of the things she does. Fair enough. Um, the one thing I have seen in the clips that I thought would was kind of an improvement is I kind of like the guy playing Gaston. That's actually one area where I like the original Gaston better. Okay, well, I like I, the original I, Gaston I, better. I, I, I mean, he was the, he was marvelous, but I like the original better. I just I just loved that scene in the trailers of him monologuing to himself in the mirror about how no woman deserves you. Oh yeah, that was great. And that's Luke Evans. That was great. Yeah. There's something you may know as the bad guy from Fast and Furious 5. He was good. I just prefer the original Gaston. Wait, no, sorry. Because the original Gaston was a more... The original Gaston was a more tremendously, outlandishly, physically perfect specimen. Something that you truly could never attain. Whereas this guy... Eh, I could go to the gym for a week and I'd look like him. A month. Six months. Okay, two years, but okay, four years. I say as I drink my tea through a straw. Okay, I give up after the first week. Okay, just fucking leave me alone. <laughs> I'd go there once, go, oh, that was hard, and get like five pizzas and just never leave my house again. But, um. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was very well done. It certainly gets my vote as a good movie. I'm definitely like, I'm probably never going to buy it because it's not my cup of tea. Beauty and the Beast just is not for me, but it was wonderful. And if someone were to offer to pay for me to go again, I might say yes. Okay. So here's actually something I'd, so with the beast, how did they play him? Like, was he the same insanely violent motherfucker from the Disney movie, or did he go more of the... He was much more toned down, which, Jesus Christ, that saved his character for me a little bit, because the original beast 
Mm, way too violent. You know, that's way, the thing. Like in every, in like every other iteration of Beauty and the Beast that I've even heard of, the Beast is like, yeah, I look like a fucking sane motherfucker, but I am just, I am a fucking gentleman. Like, like that was the whole thing. Like, uh, there's this French version of Beauty and well, the Beast. Well, except for that one back. time that got him cursed. Yeah, like there's this Beauty and the Beast movie that came out a while that came out like years ago from uh, from France. That actually introduced Gaston, and that was the whole thing. It was the beast. It, the beast like looks like a ferocious, ferocious monster, but is a pretty all right dude. And then this fucking immaculate, beautiful man is just a horrid monster. Yeah, this beast. Um, he he throws tantrums. Um, and it's understandable after being trapped as a beast for undetermined amount of time. Um. He does have a slight temper. He was a massive asshole in the beginning, but he very, very quickly shows not only can he be a gentleman, but he wants to be a gentleman. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I've not seen it, so I don't have much to say. Just the stuff I've noted from trailers. Like they accelerate the time scale a little bit. So that she goes to see the Rose, like, really early on. He chases her off. And then he's immediately nice to her. Like, after he goes and rescues her from the wolves, he's immediately nice to her. There's no, I'm the beast, so I'll be mean to you for a while. Um, he's immediately nice to her. And I really, like, I liked that. I liked this whole movie. I thought it was a very well done version of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, just, girl, get away from my Rose. Oh, wait, you're a chick? Oh, never mind. Hi, how's it going? Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's up? Come here often? Uh, of course you don't. It's my house. Get out. Hey, you're a good kid. Get out before I eat your fucking limbs. <laughs> but yeah, I overall thought this movie was very, very fun. I enjoyed it. Um, I would watch it again, but like not on my dime. <laughs> Because, again, it's not for me. To be fair, like I went to... Caveman, of the, I think of the three movies you and I are going to talk about, I think you only saw one of them on your own dime. Yeah. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I also... So, the next movie that I watched, um, since I assume I'm just going to go. Yeah. Uh, uh, we just... Okay. Hidden Figures. It's a movie that the first 40 minutes is for making white people feel bad. Now, why do I say this? No, 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 no. It's not why you think. I say this because we get 40 minutes of black life. Ooh, they go to church on Sunday and their preacher has a lot of emotion. And I'm black. I've never been to a church like that. I've been to a black church and the preacher wasn't like that. Jesus Christ, white people. Yes, white people. Because I doubt black people would actually put that in the fucking movie. That's not how black people uh, act. You don't, you don't know. Uh, Tyler Perry exists. I'm looking it up. Yeah, fuck Tyler Perry. <laughs> it's like that. Like I'm literally sitting in the first like 40 minutes of this movie like, Oh, great. It's another white people feel bad for being related to evil white people movie. <sighs> let me eat all the popcorn and then it gets good <laughs> so if you're a white person you're gonna like the whole movie because it's made to make you feel bad if you're a black person skip the first 20 to 30 minutes 
Okay, so I mean, there's like there's like two good jokes in it. Okay, so this movie was written by two white people based on a book by a black lady. Yep, there you go. Um, another thing that I re- like, I'm gonna keep this one short because I actually want people to see this movie. Um, this movie did something that a lot of what uh, of uh, white people are evil movies didn't do. The black people lifted themselves up. For the most part, two of our characters, we got three female black leads. Like, one of them is the one we focus on, but we've got two others. And both of them look at their situation and say, no, fuck you, white man. I'm going to go and do this, and I'm going to make myself indispensable to you. And those were the ones the movie should have focused on, because seriously, white man did everything for for our female lead. White man insisted that he get a smart one. White man made her, uh, like gave her permission to go places other white men could go. Is just like, and she constantly was like, "I need permission, sir." Never like, "No, I need to do this. This is important." It's like, motherfucker, so, I am doing space shit. Get the fuck about my way. So, use guys. It, it's a great movie. It is a great movie. It is an important point. I didn't jump up and hug other black people in the theater. <laughs> I've heard that has happened. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, first off, there were no other black people near me. Second off, I'm, I look white, so they'd probably been like, Cracker, what you doing? So, kind of avoided the hugs. But overall, this was a great film. I thoroughly enjoyed it. You should go see it. Either buy it, rent it, something. Because this actually talks about two very important things in our past. One, the rise of power of black women in the space program. And two, the dangers of the space program. Because it's not just about, oh, these black women are doing something amazing. It's, oh, these black women are doing something amazing while there's a guy up in space about to explode. Space is scary. It's a bit slower paced. What? Space is scary. Yeah, it's a bit slower paced than most movies I would enjoy. But I not only thoroughly enjoyed it, I highly recommend it. If you're okay with a bit of a slower pace, thank God it's not uh, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey's pace, um, then it's for you. It's it's a great movie. It It's good for just about everybody to see, except for white men in power. Oh. <laughs> because it'll make you guys feel bad. I already and feel I bad do, all I the have, time. I have one thing to say to all white but people. But you're Canadian. Even your best, most, uh... Even your most authoritarian Canadians apologize for everything, so... Stephen Harper never apologized. Those anyway. people who ran the residential schools never apologized. Anyway, um, to all white people... In the world. Aye. Unless you're a racist, bigoted prick who thinks you're better than someone else because of X, or who thinks someone else is going to ruin your life because of X, and that X happens to be their skin color, gender, sexual preference, etc., you do not need to feel guilty. Oh man. Your, an- your ancestors were the assholes. Does that mean you should forget your past and repeat it? No. But it does mean that you should just move on. Seriously, 
I saw a white woman apologize to a black service person after seeing this movie. <laughs> oh my god. Seriously. <laughs> oh god. This reminded me there is a fucking person on YouTube who actually makes videos of them of them filming white people apologizing for every bad thing any white person has ever done. Oh, and and by the way, white people, you should not apologize unless that apology comes in the form of monetary compensation, at which point you should send it directly to me. I I'll, I'll handle disseminating it to all black people. I promise. Uh, well, since you are using company, since you are using company property to do that, they will, the money will go through me first. Ah, that's fine. Uh, you think they bought it? No. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> um, I'm gonna let Birdie speak about the last movie that we went to see because he brought me to see it. Um, but the last thing that I want to talk about, uh, I, as you guys probably know, I love Lego Ninjago. I thought the series was well written, um, well acted just funny and entertaining overall then i was uh, tooling around on netflix and i saw that there was a new lego series lego nexo knights it's okay <laughs> <laughs> like it's only got one season of 10 episodes and like lego ninjago didn't get good until it was like into season two or three so it's okay i'll keep watching it i'm gonna see if it gets any better okay but it's great for kids. Ninjago and Nexonite's great for kids. You need to you need, you need your kid to shut up and sit in front of on um, babysitter TV for a few hours. Put on one of those. Cuz there's no really overtly evil negative messages. There's no swearing. There's a few life lessons that can be learned that are actually kind of good, though there are a few that are questionable. Um oh, just so you know. You want to you want to you want to shut your kids up for a couple hours. Put on Lego. And just you know, Caveman, uh, a second season has aired, and a third season is currently airing. Well, I can't wait for Netflix to get uh, season two. But that's all I've watched, so. Okay, then. Move on. Birdie! Alright, well, Dead Man, get out. No. Shit, that didn't work. Anyway, uh... Uh, this film. Seeing this with people might actually be worse than seeing it by yourself. <laughs> because I, I, I think this is true for both me and Caveman. This was the most cringy movie I think I've ever seen. Get out! We've already established he's not leaving. Yeah, fuck you guys, this is my fucking website. So yeah, like the whole point of the first two thirds of this movie is the this black guy going into a very white community and try and trying to figure out if the way he's interpreting behavior is out is racism or just awkward, awkward white people being awkward and white. And for the most part, you're led to believe 
the former, except for those occasional moments, like when he snaps a picture in a black guy's face and he and he screams, "Get the fuck out! Get the fuck out!" And his uh, well, he yells, "Get out!" You know, yeah. title drop. Yeah, and his best friend, who's the TS, who's the motherfucking TSA, as he likes to say, <laughs> "We get um, that shit done." Are you all snapping Instagram pics of fucking grenade vapes? What up? It's just, uh, he's constantly like, dude, everything you're telling me says this shit is fucked, so get, get, you should probably leave. I know you like, I know you, I know you like that white ass, but. I know she's tasty, but. Yeah. And so. uh, Yeah, I mean, there's hypnotism, there's. The creepiness, like, I've always, Bradley Whitford is an actor I'm increasingly growing to like the more times I see him, particularly in horror movies. But uh, if you'll remember Dead Man and Caveman, he was the uh, orchestrator in Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah, 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 he was. Yeah. I didn't recognize him after he liberaled up. (laughs) I I would have voted for Obama for a third term. Yeah, white people, that doesn't make us like you. That just makes us think you don't know how politics works. Yeah, so, um... For the most part, the movie just kind of goes along that path with cringy, awkward acting, and the black guy being understandably suspicious of all the creepy awkwardness. Especially after he gets mind-raped by the mother. Yeah, with a teacup. And then it gets to the third act. Which should have been the entire movie if they were going for a horror feel. Yeah, I did that to the... Here's my biggest criticism of this movie. I don't think it was ever scary. It was awkward and you were uncomfortable uncomfortable and and nervous throughout it, but I was never scared. It it never built the right atmosphere. I, I, I would disagree. I think it built the right atmosphere. It just... It kind of just relied on that one element of its awkwardness until it got to the third act, at which point it goes in a direction that, for me personally, is a little too ridiculous to ever be scared of. It was fun, like, watching... Uh, okay, this movie's been out for two months, Dead Man. Can we do spoilers? Yep, go right ahead. Okay. So, uh, seeing the black guy stab, impale Bradley Whitford on a pair of antlers... <laughs> That was, was awesome. Or, and at that um, point, I stopped being scared at all. Yeah, well, see, because like, he, I, I stopped being scared the moment um, they revealed what the twist was. Because the twist for me was just kind of so out there that I was like, um... What because, a twist! And it, okay, it's not a Shyamalan twist. It makes sense, but it's... <laughs> It's an it's an odd direction to go thematically because what we learn is that the uh, this community has mad doctors who put the who take out most of the brains of black people and put white people's brains in their bodies for science. Right. Yeah, I had heard that. It's as stupid as you think. Like, I get 
thematically what he was talking about, because since he's talking more towards uh, liberal racism instead of uh, conservative racism, he's talking more about cultural appropriation than overt hatred. Where the idea was, I why is this other this other this other racial community is cool now, and we want to take what's cool about you, but not actually lift up or engage with your uh, cultural community. We just want to take what we like and use it. Word dog, big strong black bodies. Yeah, or in the case of the main character, the guy who wants his body is like, oh, you have a really strong artistic eye, and you are. Uh, Apparently that'll that'll stick around after I remove your brain and body well, jump. Yeah, he said artistic yeah, eye, not artistic brain. Yeah. Well, the idea is that a small portion of who you were remains after the therapy is complete, and that's how ultimately it's resolved. Where um, uh, the the patriarch of the family is in a strong black body about to kill the main character, and he snaps a camera in his face and gives the black guy control just long enough to shoot the uh, the trap. And by trap, I don't mean a guy who looks like a girl. I mean, she is literally the honey trap. And I just got kind of annoyed when Caveman kept saying, yeah, it's going to be the honey trap. It's like, oh, God, he's going to be right, isn't he? And I just kept, I kept, <laughs> I, I, I kept, I said it I kept once. wanting it. I said it yeah, once. I, but I kept wanting it to not do that because that's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, that's the obvious thing. Don't do the obvious thing. Oh, you're doing the obvious thing. Mm-hmm. And... And that just kept bothering me on a personal level, where it's like, it's. I think this is a good idea for a horror film slash thriller, but 98%, really, 99%, like, the only person who didn't like the movie is a contrarian asshole who nobody likes. I thought the movie was okay. It was average. It's gonna get a six stars out of me just because I'd be, I mean, six, three stars out of me just because I'd be willing to continue watching it. But that's about it. Yeah, it's it's competently made. Uh, It's a good idea, certainly. But here's the weirdest thing. Considering this was written and directed by Jordan Peele, when it tries to be funny, it usually isn't. Like, the one scene I would have just completely removed from the movie, Caveman, uh, is the scene where the TSA agent goes to talk to the cops and they just laugh at him. Yeah. Because like that served no purpose overall. It just seemed like an excuse to say, okay, this is why there are no cops. But it's just a long, drawn-out, not-really-funny-joke that they just play incessantly. And considering that that guy tends to be... The guy playing the TSA agent tends to be funny in a lot of his other scenes, that the, the lengths to which that scene went to not be funny were kind of aggravating. But yeah, um, no, it's certainly a good movie. I'd like to see Jordan Peele make more films. Uh, he has a better track record with uh, making films than Keegan Michael Key, even though Keegan Michael Key has been Key has been funnier a lot of the time. But uh, yeah, no, it's a good starting point. I don't think I think it's a little overblown. But that's there was way a lot. too much fanfare for this movie. Way too many people like this is the best movie ever. Yeah, it feels like one of those movie. I I don't like saying this, but it feels like one of those movies that I I think this is kind of a problem sometimes with film criticism of this type of movie where 
if you say there are things you don't like about it, people will automatically assume you're racist or sexist or anything. I'm black, and I have things I don't like about this movie. There, so, yeah. you're okay. Say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's just that it easy. Well, I mean, it was well acted. I, I liked all the actors and stuff. Okay, uh, no, the brother didn't work for me. The... Yeah, because like because the rest of them were going for more kind of like a a liberal Stepford Wives thing where everyone's acting just a little too nice, a little too awkwardly cordial. But he's and like, he went "Come Jesse on, bro, Eisenberg you're a black Luther. guy, bro. I'm gonna wrestle you, bro. I'm gonna kill you, bro." He went Jesse Eisenberg Luther. Come on, Brett. Yeah, no okay. And it like, basically had no payoff other than they had a fight scene where the black guy stabbed him in the in the leg with a pin well, when he was strangling him and then specific, death. specifically that was a reference to his earlier uh, comment about how uh, the fighting style he utilized was being two steps ahead three steps ahead four steps of blah 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 heavy handed pre-exposition boring as fuck foreshadowing copious amounts of foreshadowing ha <laughs> ha yeah. But yeah, no, I liked it overall. I'm glad I saw it. I just it felt like um Jordan Peele knew how he wanted to start the movie, but the way he ended it, like I don't know if he there probably was a better way to handle that. If the if he if he knew the way he wanted to start the movie, but not how he wanted to end it, then he did not want to make a horror movie. Cuz the start was not creepy, it was not scary, it was uncomfortable and awkward. Yeah. Period. It was, like, I am a horror movie fan. Anyone who has watched Media Horrors' review of The Thing knows how I feel about horror movies. This was not a horror movie. It was an uncomfortable movie. Period. Yeah. Like, I think that's probably its biggest failing, is that it's... It, as a thriller, it made me nervous and a little tense, but as a horror movie, it was never scary. So, Well, as a black man who was the target audience of this, I wasn't even tense. I was just like, okay, and? Okay, and? What are you doing? You gonna do something cool? No? Okay. I mean, seriously. Like, they had an entire mindscape to fuck with. Like, we could have spent half an hour in his head seeing his greatest fears coming to life. Yeah, they really didn't do anything with the hypnotism other than just as an excuse to stop him from doing things. It was a sedative. They could have achieved yeah. the same thing with a tranquilizer. Yeah. No, it was, it was fine. I'm glad I liked the movie, though, because the trailers Caveman and I got before that movie, well, if, the, if the movie had been bad, that would have just made the experience worse, because since it was an R-rated movie, we basically got every R-rated movie coming out in the next six months, which mostly, which mostly means bad R-rated raunchy comedies. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I really have to say about Get Out. Don't really. Rent it or watch it on Netflix. It's okay, not then. worth the money. With that, we're going to be taking a quick break as I swap out batteries and stuff. We'll be right back, everybody. 
Hey, I'm back, everybody. Sorry about that. So, Birdie, what else you got? Uh, well, in terms of stuff I haven't really talked about before, um, actually, uh, I've been keeping up with uh, Justice League action. Have you talked about that, Caveman? I'm not sure. I have not talked about it. I just I always forget that I've watched some of it with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not absent-minded. <laughs> with a, okay, so it's if people have seen the commercials, it's campy. It's certainly very campy. Yes, yes, it but, is. But it's not as campy as Brave and the Bold, though. No, no, but uh, it does a lot with these characters that I'm still really enjoying. Like I liked the episode where Superman got trapped on a planet with a red sun with Steppenwolf and Batman and uh, Big Barda had a buddy cop comedy to it on apocalypse on apocalypse to find where Batman where Superman was. And they were constantly playing the points game. <laughs> and it was fun just kind of to watch Batman's general lack of giving a fuck and Big Barda's lack of giving a fuck coalesce where Batman's like, okay, she's got a force field that, uh, he's got a force field that repels all kinetic energy. Just put a rock on top of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a rock. This is a big rock. Looks like Dark Side. Because everything on Apocalypse almost looks like Dark Side. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean there's it's just some episodes that don't work as well. Like uh they did the Justice League Babies thing recently with Constantine, Doctor Fate, Batman and Zatanna trapped in the house of mystery with uh Clarion? Is that the the kid, Clary the and the cat. Witch Boy. Yeah, but they, I like kind of like that they took it as kind of like a ghost story type thing where the House of Mystery is not really meant to be understood and you don't want to get trapped in it no matter how powerful you are. <laughs> and they kind of set up the thing from uh, Justice League Dark where at the end Constantine finds the key to the House of Mystery and he's like, oh, you never know when you need to find your way into a spooky old house. And that Justice activist. League Dark was awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was pretty good. And uh, yeah, um, what else was good? Uh, uh, okay, I knew this was going to happen, but they're keeping the Superman Wonder Woman relationship in this version. Yeah, fuck. It's not. It's not quite as cringy as in the comics because the the reason that these two seem to be in a, a couple in this is that. Diana Prince and Clark Kent are having absolutely no luck with Steve Trevor and Lois Lane. So <laughs> they're so, both on the rebound, I guess. <laughs> so they get together just out of desperation. I guess. Pity fuck. <laughs> oh it's my like, god, they're pity fucking each other. It's like that sitcom thing where like, hey, if we both aren't married by the time we're thirty, you want to get married? Who knows? Just, hey, neither of us are fucking we want to do. You want to just do each other? Yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, they're kind of playing up uh, a terrible pun of Superman is literally repulsive to Wonder Woman because uh, Lex Luthor infects Superman with a virus that makes him an electromagnetic repulsor. Okay. <laughs> 
and uh, the only and the only thing that can get it off is uh, Superman has to fly close enough to a black hole to suck them out, but not close enough to get sucked in. Oh, so he has to get it sucked off, but can't get sucked himself. Basically. Yeah, people. Yeah, girl. I went there. I'm the lowest sprout. Yeah. Bitch. It does not get lower. <laughs> Dead man goes lower than that all the time. All the time, baby. Uh, so you're saying dead man goes down. Oh, hell yeah, girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just rolling with it at that point. Yeah, um... I, I do like James Woods as Lex Luthor as much as I thought I would. But I, it, it just kind of works. I don't know, just something about, like, scummy but weaselly scummy and weaselly but kind of charmingly funny it kind of works for him oh it works really well it is a different take on luther that is something that we've kind of needed for a while i think (laughs) yeah it's kind of weird like james woods has begun like his it's kind of weird that james woods has kind of begun like his absorption into the dc in the dc animated voice acting family yeah but again, I don't mind it. I always liked James Woods. He's kind of playing Lex Luthor the same way he played Hades. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Just a little bit more wormy and less overpowered, even though he does become a Greek god briefly at one point. Like <laughs> you do. Yeah. If he doesn't become Hades, that's a waste. Yeah, well, we haven't seen. I haven't seen Hades in this series yet, but, but there has been a lot more magic shit than I'm used to. Because most of the time when they do DC anime, they don't do as much magic shit. They'll do some, but not a lot. If they've already done uh, a Brother Knight episode, they've done Grundy and Swamp Thing. They've done Shazam. They just keep doing magic shit in this, and I'm actually kind of loving it because most of those characters are cast really well. Although I kind of wish they would come back with the joke that they did in the first episode where. Um, Constantine speaks English English and people occasionally have to translate for him. Yeah, what was he? He got hit by like a. He got hit by some kind <laughs> a, of spell. Accent that like, exaggeratus. Yeah. yeah. I really want them to do an episode about Doom Patrol. They might. It's just like. Done, if they're doing something as obscure as Brother Knight, they probably will do Doom Patrol, I hope. Dude, they're doing something See, obscure as wanna... Space Cabby. Yeah, space. I like space cabbie. See, now yeah, I want to doing... force you to come over tonight, Birdie, so that I can watch um, <laughs> Justice League action while you work. <laughs> I kind of need my computer to work. But no, man, just imagine That's like a shame. fucking children, just a children style episode of the painting that ate Paris. Just trying to explain in ten minutes what Dadaism to five year olds. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm still having fun with that. Um, Caveman, do you have any impressions? You haven't talked about it before. Um, I loved the brave and the bold, so I'll let that inform the audience as to my opinion of this show. Okay then. Think, okay. Yeah. Because- I love super. I love campy. I love super campy. I love little campy. I love no camp. I love all camp. I loved the Lego Movie. I love 1960s Batman. I love Justice League oh, action. And I do like that we're at a point now where 
people have enough distance from Batman the Animated Series that we can say, yeah, it was good, but we can still make fun of it. Oh, yeah, totally. Be- because the episode where Batman and Blue Beetle go back in time and they make fun oh, of the yeah. Batman the Animated Series aesthetic. Yeah, just like, fucking... Did we you seriously just pose. stand up there till a lightning flashed so you could make so you could monologue? It's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like him climbing up that building is just fucking straight out of 60s Batman. Yep. It was so good. It was so good. <sighs> oh, so many levels of dumb. It was great. Oh, yeah, so or how it, it it had it ended on the scene with Beatles like, oh, it's raining again. You know what I need to do? You got the camera function? All right, good, go. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that show, it hits all the right notes for me. Just all the right ones. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I've just been watching a whole lot of Gargoyles, which I forgot how much... Okay, I think I've, I might have talked about this before on the show, Dead Man, but Gargoyles holds up great and is also ridiculously dated. Okay. And it's weird, because like, it sort of depends on what they do, because... Whatever they do sci-fi shit, they're like, oh god, this is like Frank... This is like uh, Rob Liefeld 90s type shit. Like with the with the guards with the super armor costumes and laser guns everywhere, or that time freaking lasers, or that time uh, gargoyle uh, not gargoyle Goliath mind hacked into a cyborg Goliath to fight off a techno virus in the form of a tentacle horror cyborg. And that's the weird thing for me about this show because I love kind of everything they do with mythology. Like uh, they do, they do like uh, dark elves and fairies and stuff from like Shakespeare or Greek Gaelic or Norse myth. Although they get kind of weird with it at the end of the la- in the last season where Goliath is just Odin now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it gets stupid. But yeah, other like I mean, one of my favorite episodes was when they first introduced Puck, and Puck was like kind of like what I would have wanted from a more campy version of the Dark Elves, where he's like, yeah, I mean, I fuck with humans, I fuck with monsters, I fuck with everyone. I just like per- helping humans because humans have a sense of humor, and he proved that when he gave. Demona the ability to stay up in the sunset, stay up when the sun's up, but only by turning into a human. And I just loved that movie. Just like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speaking of Beauty and the Beast, they do do the Beauty and the Beast thing with Goliath and uh, Detective Maza in one episode. Like she's literally wearing the dress. <laughs> But I always kind of liked Detective Maza, even if she was sort of covering two uh, minority groups in one... Ca- oh, three minority groups in one character. Because she's half black, half Native American, and a woman. Impressive. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I, 
What's your, I mean, have you talked about Gargoyles, Caveman? No, because I haven't watched it, like, for the for the uh, show, <laughs> like, in a long, long time. Um, I fucking love Gargoyles. Uh, it's just, it's, it was such a dark and beautiful piece to counteract all of the lighthearted dumb shit that we had to put up with as kids. Well, I mean... I mean, <clears throat> no offense Disney, Power just... Rangers, but Power Rangers. Well, yeah, I mean... But some of that stuff that was quote-unquote dark at the time just looks kind of silly now. Like, if you look back at the darker episodes of X-Men, the animated series, you just kind of laugh at a lot of it. Because it was dark in that ultra-ridiculous 80s way. This... When they're doing the dramatic stuff, when they're doing the mythology stuff, that holds up pretty well. It's just the stuff that is so 90s that is just laughably dated. Like how Xanatos has a has his own iron gargoyle armor with laser with freaking laser beams and uh, and Demona walks around with a giant laser cannon wherever she goes even though she prefers to fight as a gargoyle. And so it's all kinds of... It's that... I've never experienced this mix where elements of a show hold up a lot better than I thought they would 20 years out, and then elements of a show really don't. But yeah, that's all I really had to say about Power Rangers. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> God damn it, Caveman. <laughs> <laughs> damn you. Uh, um, what else is there? Uh, it was really cool that Keith David was was the Red Ranger. <laughs> oh well, okay, man, wouldn't so that be if, wouldn't that be great? Like a Power Rangers where all of the Power Rangers are just like older voice actors. Well, yeah, yeah like they're they're like, teenagers when they have the suits off, but they're voiced by the sexiest men and women alive. Like uh, Kimberly when she morphs, she's voiced by Laura Bailey, or uh, Tommy is voiced by. Um, would be a good example. Troy uh, Baker? Kev- Kevin Conroy. <laughs> Keith David is Jason. Yeah, we got Keith um, David, Kevin Conroy. Uh, fucking... Like, at least three of them are Nolan North. Billy is Bruce Greenwood. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I had fun with that. Uh, have I talked about Dino Charge? Uh, we have, have we have at some point. Yeah. Uh, first season's good. Second season sucks. Figured as much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that because, baseball I mean, episode. I mean, you watched all of you watched all of Dino Charge the first season, and I mean, the baseball I, episode is the episode that stopped me in my tracks. But like the red, I liked the Red Ranger. I, I actually liked all the Rangers in the team. A little silly, I, I think. Actually, uh. Shelby might now be my favorite Pink Ranger, honestly. But because uh, she was the one thing that was getting me through the really stupid decisions in Dino Charge season two, with like everything with Heckle was stupid. <laughs> Where you have, uh, do you know uh, the stuff about Heckle, Caveman? I've watched up to the baseball episode. Okay. So yeah schizophrenic evil not evil ranger thing that doesn't really work for me particularly when they resolve it by going back in time by using all the inner gems to go back to when the inner gems were created and 
destroy the inner gym that created the other inner gyms. Wait, what? What? Yeah, uh... That's a paradox and a half right there. It's Power Rangers. Are you surprised? (laughs) Fair. So wait, why did they destroy their power source? Because if they destroy the source of the evil that they were fighting as Power Rangers, then they wouldn't need their powers as Power Rangers anymore, is the justification, I think. Uh, Why not just go back in time to when the asshole was attacking your boss and kill him and all of his minions before they're a threat? Because fuck you. Because by that point, the enemy had become an ally, and the Dark Inner Gym had taken on a life of its own, separate from the Inner Gym he was using, because he had, instead of being schizophrenic, had split into two separate people. That doesn't change my question. Why well, not just kill them? Because the, because we can't kill them. This is a show for children. And also, I guess... I, that's one to... thing... Actually, back to the Power Rangers movie, that's one thing I really liked. The entire their time, they're like, we have to kill Rita. We have to kill her. Not stop. Kill yep, just straight Rita. Up I loved that. I loved that. That was greatness. Just straight murder oh, her God, ass. God damn it, Caveman. Now you're just imagining, making me imagine uh, Billy saying, go bust a cap in your ass. If you're gonna come at me, then come at me, bro. Yeah, I kind of like that whole lunchroom scene. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, Billy's so cool. Mother. Mother's good. Mother's good. Mother's <laughs> good. He's yeah, the only uh, one that I makes mean, sense to stop. He's the only one that makes sense who, who would stop himself from swearing like that. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing thematically I liked in season two of Dino Charge was with Shelby figure out, hey, wait a minute. How did you guys make the Zords in the first place? Oh, well, we did this. So you're saying we could make more Zords? Possibly, yes. I'm going to make more Zords. Dope. <laughs> to where she literally makes her own ver- her uh, a Spino Zord that can serve as the core for a Megazord. Essentially just on a whim. <laughs> just, just, hey, I'm bored. Got nothing else. Got nothing, got, what, what the fuck else am I going to do? Flip burgers? Fuck that shit. I'm building a fucking dinosaur. The best thing to do if you're a Power Ranger. Fuck that, I'm building my own Zord. Yeah. And it's going to have blackjack and hookers. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. uh, Thematically, the stuff with the Red Ranger and the Pink Ranger was the only character stuff that kind of stayed all the way through. Everything else just kind of disappeared into the morass of everything that was stupid about heckle into the more ass <laughs> but yeah that's it for me okay then uh for me i didn't really watch much uh just like i watched power rangers and and then i also have been rewatching bones because i hate myself Dude, what season are you up to i'm at season three and i believe season three is where everything began to fall apart I don't I thought even that remember. Was... I, I don't even remember anything about Bones except that Angel was fucking a nerdy chick. Eh, on and off. 
Well, that, that, that's a later season thing where Bones was revealed yeah. to be an absolutely horrible person. Like, more so than okay. usual. When she kidnapped their possible? baby. She did not kidnap their baby. Like, I've seen that episode. You're exaggerating. She did not kidnap her baby. She Might as well have. Run. But anyway, like, I'm so watching fucking seasons one and two. It is insane to me that fucking season one and two, Brennan and Zach are the same characters from season three and onward. Yeah, in my opinion, the show kind of went to hell the moment um, Zach left. His reasons for leaving made sense, but... For me, it all kind of went to shit when uh, Hodgins and Angela started fucking. Like, I... I want to beat them. Whenever the two of them are on screen together in the lab, I want to beat them to death with a microscope. Just so many goddamn... A thing that really bugs me about procedurals is that nobody gives a fuck about death. Like, they all are fucking, like, cracking jokes and shit and doing, like, dealing with their own personal bullshit in the middle of all this, like, investigating a murder... And despite the fact that they that like multiple people have speeches about how important human life is, none of them seem to give a shit about human life because just whenever like when they're fucking investigating, when they should be investigating, I mean, they are either fucking having sex in a goddamn storage area in a museum on fucking museum property, just getting all their juices on yeah. it and shit. Or there is literally an episode where in the middle of an investigation, Angela stops what she's doing to watch a video of herself having sex at work. Yeah. And the two of them, like, like fucking Hodgins is there, like doing scrapings or whatever. Then Angela shows up. He just immediately drops what he's doing. Goes, starts fucking making out with her. And Cam does nothing to stop this. Yeah. Cam comes in like, I'm going to be the big bad boss and you better respect and then stops being the boss. She ain't no fucking Goodman. Nah, Goodman would. Goodman demanded respect. Honestly, maybe it was him leaving that kind of started the down spiral. I like, literally that, that, remember nothing any of you guys are talking about. That's how much I've blanked this show from my memory. Well, honey, that's a personal issue. Anyway, back to talking about Goodman and him being an asshole. <laughs> no, that's the thing. He wasn't an asshole. Like, yeah, he was kind of a dick about things, but he was being a fucking... He was being a person in charge of an institution. Like, yes, you can be all fucking cordial and fun and shit, but when the fucking brass tacks come, you gotta fucking press those motherfuckers in. So what you're saying is, when it's fucking time to work, stop fucking. Exactly. Like, I don't give a fuck if you all go home and just fucking pound each other all over your goddamn apartment to the point where anybody walks in there, the floor is sticky. Do that however the fuck you want. But when you are in a crime lab investigating a murder with a dead body in front of you, show some fucking decorum, you goddamn retards. You know what's funny about this? I know it's not a, sh uh, it's not a porno, but this sounds like dead man is... 
is watching the plot of a porno and saying, what are you guys doing? There is a policeman under fire over there. <laughs> it kind of is. It kind of is. But unless I spank her with my spatula, we'll never move forward. You're, this, I, I, I didn't think about this, but this seriously sounds like... A, I, I mean, I don't... I remember elements of Bones that were just, like, rom com and annoying... But this seriously sounds like Dead Man's watching a porno and complaining that no one's paying attention to the plot. Then there's, it's also, it's, <laughs> oh, God, God damn it. Fucking, fucking Brennan and Zach. Like, see, like, fucking first episode. Brennan is cracking jokes. She is doing sarcasm. She is understanding fucking, like, common parlances and shit. She's able to fucking have a conversation. Like, there was a point where, where she was in an interrogation room. And they were like, and they were like, they were like, inter- like interrogating a suspect, and and the and the person I can't remember if it was Booth or Sully, but one of them, but either one of them uses like a says you were having sex, but without specifically saying having sex, I can't remember what the word for that is. Innuendo. Yeah, he's using an innuendo, and then, and then Bones looks at him like a bit like, wait, what? And he just looks back at her, and then she immediately recognizes what's happening, and then just continues the conversation naturally. Then I remember in a later season, where she, where like that similar thing happens, she's like, "Wait, I don't understand." What, where like Booth says something, and she's like, "Wait, I don't understand what is happening. Could you please explain it to me?" And then he kind of goes like, "Oh, you mean sexual intercourse?" Yes. Okay, Your I now know what we were doing. What? Pardon? Your penis is in her what? Yeah, exactly. It is this. Like season one, two, she was able to understand jokes. She was able to fucking tell jokes. She was able to understand basic human interaction. And like Zach was kind of weird, but same kind of thing. Going into fucking going into fucking season three, Bones is now where Zach was, and Zach is now infinite levels below where he was. Yeah, that's because the squints needed to get squintier. And it's so weird because fucking Noah Hawley was the story editor on this for a good chunk of time. He's the guy who did Fargo. Maybe he just didn't care. <laughs> Probably. He's like, motherfucker, I'm writing a fucking rom-com. God damn it. He's also producer on the can show for some, three seasons. Can I throw some murders into it to make it interesting at least? Alright, at least there's that. Oh, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to keep watching Bones until I'm done because I fucking hate myself. See, that actually reminded me of something that I am watching that I'm enjoying. What's that? Elementary. Yeah, I watched a couple episodes of that and it was alright. Yeah, it's... It's honestly one of the best iterations of Sherlock I've seen. And I don't mean like like the show Sherlock. I mean Sherlock as in Sherlock Holmes. Um, it, of course, still has the lame as hell hung up on um, a character that was only in one fucking novel. They need to do that. You, otherwise, yeah, why? Otherwise, people won't be able to relate. It's like, oh, wait, he wants to have sex? Okay, I can understand him now. Yeah, he regularly has sex with whores. Yes. And I mean that both as in prostitutes as a, and as in whores. 
Um. So yeah. Yeah. Instead of cocaine, it's sex. That. So, no, no, so no. He's opiates. addicted to some pretty hard stuff. Um. Okay. On like, top of opiates, like, it's sex. Yeah. Like we get we get our start, and it's like, yeah, I was on heroin for a few years, and then I stopped because I realized I was downward spiraling. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That that's why Watson is there. Watson is his sober companion. Yeah. Oh, also, I. Joey. Irene Adler's Moriarty. Oh, God. Oh, that is so many levels of dumb. Hey, okay. they made Watson a I chick didn't know you just hadn't to gotten play there yet. the. I don't really care that much, but oh god! Yeah, it's revealed that Irene Adler was like, like Holmes had. Well, he was working back in London. Holmes had foiled many of her uh, criminal enterprises by accident, and so then, so then she decided to figure out, like, get in with him. So she, so she created the Irene Adler persona, as you do. Yeah, and then. Got with him, and then I don't even have the energy to put in my usual as you do's. Yeah, and then kills her off to make him fucking spiral out of control or whatever. And she's played by Natalie Dormer. At least they're doing something interesting with Irene Adler. Yeah, it's fucking something other than hey, I'm awesome. Hey, I'm his fuck buddy. But I'm also smarter than him and stupider than him at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, not if we're watching then. On news. So first up, uh, at CinemaCon, Disney has uh, revealed the official title for the Wreck-It Ralph sequel. Ooh. And uh, it's terrible. Oh. It is Ralph Breaks the Internet, colon, Wreck-It Ralph 2. Oh! So I'm presuming it's about Ralph having a sex tape leaked? I don't know. Oh! Yeah, so it's about Ralph and the gang... Doing shit with the internet. So it has John C. Riley and Sarah Silverman both coming back reprising their roles, as well as Jane Lynch and Jack McBrayer. My face is frozen in disgust. As it should be. That that's a terrible fucking title. Just my God. Yeah, so that movie's coming out March 9th oh. next year. Probably, that's almost better than his title. My face is frozen in disgust. Give me good news. Um, nope. Uh, apparently, Ubisoft is working on an Assassin's Creed television show. Oh! Yeah. Oh! Because the movie was so successful. The movie was just so successful, Dead Man. I mean, what what were they gonna do? Yeah. So, um, 
Oh. Amar Azazia, sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, uh, the head of content for Assassin's Creed, uh, confirmed the television series was in um, development during a Reddit AMA. <laughs> Though he declined to share any specifics about it, uh, saying, quote, we'll, we will take our time to get, sure, uh, to get sure we deliver something we can be proud of. Is that how it's actually written? Because that's terrible English. Uh, that's how it's written in this GameSpot article. Okay, so you can't read or write. Or think. Oh, actually, Are they going to play the games first? Actually, it's even worse. Because it I might just be palatable if they play one of the games first. So I actually just looked this up. I, I, went, I, went, to, I went to the comment, and it's actually even worse. So it starts. So he goes, "Nope," with the fucking colon p stick your tongue out thing. It's like the movie guys. We will take our time, and to get sure we deliver something we can be proud of. But if you wander, if it's on our plan, yes. Is that my gallbladder? <laughs> Yeah, so nothing has been uh, formally announced or anything, but stay tuned for that. Hot shit. <sighs> Moving on to our next piece of news. The Hollywood Reporter is saying that in the uh, saying that uh, Michael Shannon is the currently the front runner to play Cable in the upcoming Deadpool sequel. Hmm. Might be interesting. Yeah, uh, sources talk, talking to THR say that um, Shannon isn't the only option, but he is currently leading the pack. Um, also on the list is uh, David Harbour from Stranger Things. And uh, Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler. Uh, he apparently his name surfaced last summer, but uh, people say that uh, he has he was never in contention for the role. Not actually sure entirely sure who Kyle Chandler is. I don't even remember him fucking surfacing as a potential person. Oh, that guy. This guy from Friday Night Lights. Yeah, Michael Shannon would be pretty good for uh, Cable. But you know who might else be good? Might also be good. Who? The Rock. <laughs> And I say this, I say this, because he's got Rob Liefeld-style body proportions. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Asshole. (laughs) (sighs) No, I like it serious. He's got the right body proportions. Yeah. And and given Moana, he might actually secretly just be a demigod. I'm leaning. I was leaning toward, towards uh, Stephen Lang. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of. He, Michael Shannon would be interesting because if he needed to sell that his uh, weird psychic eye would do things that the other eye wouldn't, no one's better at making their eyes do weird shit than Michael Shannon. I will find him! But Steve Lang just kind of looks like Cable already. Yeah, he does look like Cable, and he kind of has the persona from the roles he's played, but. Yeah. Eh. But we'll see. I'm still gonna go with I'm still gonna go with the Rock for the Rob Liefeld bo- body proportions. Yeah, nothing has been set in stone. Like I said, uh, Michael Shannon just a front runner right now for who the studio wants, but we will see going forward. 
Moving on. Paramount Pictures has just optioned the rights to make a movie based on The Pro. The what? The Pro is a graphic novel by Garth Ennis, Amanda Connor, and Jimmy Palmiotti oh, about oh. a hooker who gets superpowers. Yeah, oh, God decides to be stupid. God decides to be a dick and give a prostitute superpowers. Uh, it's not as bad as that sounds, but I can see why that would be hard. It, having read the book, it's hard. It's hard to adapt. Yeah, at one point, uh, she sucks off the equivalent of Superman, who then ejaculates a, the wing of a plane off. Uh, I have a headache. The Batman and Robin equivalents are the joke that Batman fucks Robin. I have a headache. The pro is very lowbrow. It's the, it's the obvious I'm shots. Making, I'm not making a Rita Repulsa joke by saying I have a headache. This is actively giving me a headache. Yeah. Oh my god, I just got it that Zed was trying to have sex with her and Rita didn't want it. <laughs> so anyway, the film's being produced by Erwin Stoff of Three Arts, and the studio has hired Zoe McCarthy to write the screenplay. Zoe McCarthy, of course, known for her known for her writing on Bitches on a Boat. Like you I don't do. know why I'm reacting so negatively. I'm not even going to hear about this movie when it comes out. <laughs> Except no, for probably not. coming out this week. Moving on to more hatred. Adam Sandler has okay, four more movies coming out from Netflix. See, I don't I care quit. about that because I can just ignore that. I don't. I mean, he's going to make money regardless of where he puts it. At least I don't have to deal with trailers for his movies, except on occasion when I might be on Netflix and they try to sell it to me, and I'll just be like, "Nope." Now, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> Moving on to our next piece of news. Robert Rodriguez has signed on to direct the Escape from New York remake. Because they're okay. remaking that. Yeah. That's nice. Okay. It's being written by the guy who made Luther. That Which is, is a good show. Yeah, so I guess we'll see. Creativity is dead. Moving on. Final story. Sony, apparently still thinking this is a great idea, is developing a Venom movie. Yep. It'll be rated R. God damn it, Sony. It'll be rated R, and it will be part of Sony's own cinematic universe that is a separate entity from Marvel's. God damn it, Sony. Yeah. Yeah, It could be worse. They could be 20th Century Fox. Honestly, I'm not sure that would be worse anymore. Uh, if it was 20th Century Fox, 
Sony wouldn't even be, they would be continuing this without even letting Marvel use Spider-Man. Too true. There's also a, apparently, a Black Cat and Silver Silver Sable crossover movie also being worked on by Sony. Who the hell is Silver Sable? She's a lady who dresses all in silver. She was the daughter of like a mafia don. She's a mercenary in hot pants. So, like, um, the Huntress from the, uh, uh, from the Arrow TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, only shinier. Another for news. Oh, well, it was also a bunch of trailers and shit for stuff, like, got a new trailer for It. Yeah, the clown looks what? as... Yeah, I told you about the the It remake, didn't I? I must have blocked it out because it's too retarded to exist. No, it exists, and it has a trailer. It's a real thing. I'll show you next time I see you. That's got a trailer for Valerian, the city of a thousand planets. That, that actually looked good. Yeah, that, that looks like a Luke Besson motherfucking movie. Because, like, right. and I talked, I talked about the comic on the comics podcast. It's. It's visually stunning. It's just the writing is a little out of date. It, if Luke Besson takes the visual content from the books and adds his own weird writing spins, it might be worth something. Maybe. Oh. Anyway, new releases for this week, the week of March 31st. They have Ghost in the Shell. That's getting middling reviews unsurprisingly yep and a similar vein to that we have the boss baby see some of the trailers actually look funny for that it's currently rocking at 26 never mind (laughs) and then fuck all else this week. It's very barren week this week. It's Boss Baby and Ghost in the Shell. Next week is Smurf's Lost Village. Apparently Chris Stuckman already got Smurfed. Which actually looks kind of good from the trailers. So can't wait to see how they fuck that up. Yep, yeah, uh... Something called Going in Style... Old people robbing a bank. Okay. Which is a movie about Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, and Alan Arkin robbing a bank or something. Yeah, it's old people robbing a bank. I don't know. It's 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 the Zach Braff movie. And then something that looks kind of interesting. Whoa. Colossal. Scrubs, caveman. What's that? Uh, Colossal is a movie about Anne Hathaway who somehow has a psychic connection to a kaiju that's, ter- that's terrorizing the world. All right. Yes, yeah, so like whenever she does, like whenever she moves and does something, uh, the monster moves and does something. Oh, I remember this, and it's okay. Interesting. I remember this, and the reason it's bad is because um, she's a Jimmy level non-functioning alcoholic. So whenever she has a a blackout Jimmy moment, the, the monster goes on a rampage. So she's a fairly functioning alcoholic. 
also not an alcoholic. Okay. She's described as an, Jimmy's not an alcoholic. He's a drunk. She's described as an out of work party girl. Ooh. And the monster is destroying Seoul, South Korea. God damn it! Why can't we leave Asia alone? Because they have the giant. Just leave monsters. Asia alone. The last time we the, la- the last two times we had giant monsters destroying American cities, they weren't that great. I thought the recent Godzilla movie was okay. It was okay, but it had the same problem as Power Rangers where they didn't have any monster shit for like 90 fucking minutes. Which is accurate to Godzilla. (sighs) Anyway. That's gonna do it for this week. Thank y'all for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks time with episode of thestorprods.com movies television podcast. In between now and then, though, we'll be having a regular run news, baby reviews, podcasts. Ow! Kinds of bullshit, but. Until then, I'm dead. I'm Birdie. And I've got to make breakfast. We will. See you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>